Joining us now to chat all things finals is Fox League host Yvonne Sampson. Finals footy on Fox League every finals game in September live and ad break free during play. Watch on Foxtel and available to stream on KO Sports. Vonnie, welcome back to the run home with Joel and Fletch and Scope. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. What a great time of year it is to be a rugby league fan. Only a couple more weeks to go and, um, yeah, all the best games ahead of us. I can't wait. Now, Vonnie, your Broncos, because you have yes. been made publicly. You've said that's your team. Are you getting a little bit nervous? Because I think Penrith, absolute morals. And I know you don't like a bet. Oh. I know you're not a better, a gambler. But <laughs> I think the Warriors-Broncos game, I reckon that might be closer than people think. Mm. Do you get that I feeling as well? I hope it is well? close. Yeah. yeah, I hope it is close. I, I think what the Warriors have achieved this year is staggering. And, and mm. Sean Johnson's been the barometer of the rise and rise. And what an incredible homecoming season it's been for them. Uh, and just to to see how well they're connected as a team. And and for, and they all say, what's the difference in Sean Johnson? And Stacey Jones has been asked all year, what have you done with him? What's the magic key and he said it's it's actually he's always got the tricks none of that's changed he said defensively his mindset is different he's up he's leading the defensive line he's the one working hard from marker he's the one trying to get out put a bit of a shot on one of the big boys and that sort of inspires the rest of the team and um i mean i know we've got the dally m's in a couple of weeks and oh next week we should say um and it's 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 it is it would be wonderful to see, even if he doesn't win, I think it's wonderful to congratulate Sean Johnson on what he's been do- doing for the Warriors. And, of course, their coach, who's in mm. line for Coach of the Year and Andrew mm. Webster. But I think you're right. I think the Warriors and the Broncos, that is going to be such a great contest. And um, I am a Broncos girl. Um, I remember in 1988 I had to go to my dad, who was a Tigers fan, um, and we were a Tigers family because Dad grew up in Balmain and said, would it be okay if I ended up supporting the Broncos? And his heart broke, <laughs> but to his credit... He said, no, absolutely, love. You can do whatever you want. You can support the Broncos. And and I'm very grateful for the Broncos because all of those guys, they're responsible. Those early Broncos, they they made me fall in love with the game. And, you know, they, they for a little kid growing up in regional Queensland, you almost had an identity and you had something that made, made you feel special and, and showed you that you could be world beaters. You could be the best in the world from whatever little backwater you came from in Queensland. So I I love the Brisbane Broncos to this day. And yes, I'm very <laughs> nervous. Yes, I think this game is going to be one of the best we've seen all year. And because I'm such a proud Queenslander, I know how many proud Kiwis there are in Queensland. Mm, so um, it, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely berserk. So, I, yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this game. So, Vaughn, you mentioned there uh, Coach Andrew Webster. There's been a bit of conjecture. Some people are saying, yeah, he's, he'll be immoral to get the, the uh, coach of the year, considering they came from uh, 15th last year and you now the top four. My uh, counterpart, Joel Kane, says, no, it's Ivan Cleary. Ivan Cleary is the, the best coach um, in, the rug, in, uh, in the NRL at the moment because what, he, what he's done defensively last year. Where do you stand on this? It's interesting. I guess it depends on what the criteria and how you value best. What does best translate mm. to? Does it mean the greatest performance increase if you're looking at metrics and all that mm. data and you take a team from one, you know, well down on the ladder up into the top four? Is is it performance-based in that regard? Or is it the fact that you're probably going to have the Penrith Panthers into their fourth straight grand final? Does that make you coach of the year? Because you got the best defensive record of the season, because your attack you know, is is the model, the machine-like model that we've we've modelled everything else on from here on in. So, I mean, you could even throw Kevin Walters into the conversation because 
I think what Kevy's done for the Brisbane Broncos and to turn it around from the capitulation that they experienced last year to now being a powerhouse um, and, you know, restoring all that great Brisbane Bronco that we expect of that juggernaut, uh, uh, you know, Kevin Walters would be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. I think it comes down to what you think and what you value as being the best coach of the season. Um, I, For me, I think the narrative is Andrew Webster, given he is a rookie NRL head coach. He's obviously got a vast coaching experience, but this is his first go in the main job. I think for me, I'm a bit of a romantic. I like the whole story of how he's been able to go over there. You know, he said when he first started, is, it, is Queen Street the main street down in Auckland? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Queen Street. Yeah. Down near yeah. the uh, aqueduct. He, yep. Viaduct. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Viaduct. Yeah. When I first got there, he said I, I could walk down. At the start of this year, he could walk down Queen Street. Nobody knew who he was. No one would stop him. No one even knew what, knew what the WARS were, right? The WARS didn't even exist mm. at this point. And then he said now, the last couple of months, he, he has to have his hoodie up. People are stopping him. Everybody's getting up the WARS, out of cars driving past. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just gauge it on that, if that's – our cues for what the turnaround has been, then you've got to give it to Andrew Webster. But, you know, it's right. You you, you could make a case for a couple. But, yeah, I mean, for me, I'd like the Warriors coach to win it. Staying on the game, Vonnie, but moving from coach of the year to the buyer of the year, Reese Walsh. He uh, leaves the Warriors. He comes back home to the Broncos. What's the – has there been any reports of chat throughout the week, do you know, with, with – you know him finishing up at Warriors last year. I love, I love banter. I'm sure that there is plenty through text. Has there been any through the media yet with regards to Reese Walsh uh, playing his former team, the Warriors, in such a big game? Well, do you know what? And I, what I've noticed about this generation of player: the bigger the stakes, the bigger the game, the more that's at risk, the better they like it. You know, the the bigger the spotlight and Reese Walsh steps into, he is made for this kind of moment because we saw how he just absorbed the pressure of origin and made it look good, right? I've never seen anyone make a debut in State of Origin and make and do it in the style that he did. Um, it's it's more than a confidence thing. It's a belief thing. And I think the the more pressure is on him, the more he enjoys the challenge. So, yes, up against the Warriors, he made a few mistakes over there. They made they tried to make a young man out of him. And, you know, when he got into trouble and he, they made him front the media cameras and, and, you know, own up to his mistakes. And, you know, it was, it was a tough thing for him to be away from friends and family and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he, he comes back to the Brisbane Broncos, sets the world on fire. Um, I don't know how he left things at the Warriors, um, but, I mean, they will be – they can do all the homework they want on Reese Walsh. The mm. problem is you still can't catch him. Like no. he just he the way he can glide, he is mesmerizing with the way he moves. Is that just you his can eyes, Vaughn? Is that his eyes? It's just the eyes, actually. <laughs> and, the, and the height he gets in the hair. How does it yeah. get so bouncy I don't know. and luxurious? Put it this way, Vaughn. As you know, I've got three daughters. Not one ounce of interest in rugby league <laughs> up until the start of the year. Reese Walsh. So I had the little one who's 14. I had six young 14-year-old girls in my lounge room, said, Dad, what time's a footy start? And I went, what? This is coming from <laughs> you. And it was all, what they were doing, they were watching the game and then looking at TikTok. Yeah, yeah. They're watching yes. Reese Walsh TikToks. And yes. like, so we, we talk about like how amazing he is on the field. And remember we used to have players who would open the, the start of the year, you know, they, they were the face of the game. I don't remember a kid who, I mean, we had, we've had uh, Benny Barber, we had Benji one year. I don't remember a kid who has come along and has matched his ability to 
the mm. marketing. Mm. You know, like he's got, I think he's got 500,000 followers on TikTok. I don't know what he's got on, on Instagram and stuff. Albeit, you know, social media wasn't around, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. But, Vonnie, have you seen anyone who's basically got this whole package? He's just a star. And I think that's what we've got to celebrate about this young man. He is a star and and just enjoy the ride. Is he going to get it perfect every time? Mm. No. Does he make mistakes? Yes. Will he mess up? Probably. Yep. Um, but we're here for the ride. And I think I, I am lucky as a fan to just sit back and watch this young man go to work. And, and he's not really sure what he's going to do. But then when he flicks the switch and, and you can see, and you know what, he plays so much tougher. And yeah, he's, he's gorgeous looking, but he plays so much tougher than we give him credit for. Yeah. Defensively, he is brave. He throws himself into positions that, you know, I see a lot of other, uh, you know, fullbacks and, and outside backs sort of balk at. And I go, oh, no, no, thank you. And, mm. you know, Reese is the first one there. So, look, he's a star. I, I hope that, uh, you know, the future of his is, is absolutely mm. bright. But in terms of uh, girlhood footy crushes, you're talking to the wrong girl because my first footy crush was Paul Hoff. Yes. And um, very, I mean, still a Broncos fullback, but very mm. different style. If yes. We can put that as politely as possible. What was that, Vonnie? What was it about the Hoffmeister? Oh, my God. I don't know. I just loved him. And then I met him some years ago and he was a policeman. I think he was working out in one of the country mm. areas and um, he had his big uniform on. And I and this is like 20 years later and I still was all giddy about it. Like, how silly. <laughs> I know. How embarrassing. And I got all – I blushed and I was like, oh, hi, Paul. <laughs> so, Please arrest me. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, you're tall. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, by the way, Vonnie, just on one of your questions before what you were saying, they've been very complimentary. Uh, Cameron George came out and spoke about how you know he's happy for Reese Walsh and understood the circumstances. Uh, moving on to the other game, Panthers versus Storm. Yeah. Uh, there was an injury that everyone was worried about in the halves coming into this game at the start of the week. It ended up shifting to the number seven. It went from the number six to the number seven. How's the health of both Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary? Well, Jerome Luai has been named, not just named on the extended bench, but named at 5'8". So that's always a really good sign. So you would imagine that he is in the best possible position and they'll give him right up until kickoff. You guys know that. But it's pretty incredible for Jerome Luai. When you think about the, the shoulder injury he did, Nathan Cleary did the same one a couple of years ago. It took him six weeks plus surgery really, to, to get through that. And Jerome's been out, what, is it four weeks now? Mm. So whatever he's done, is it's been an, a remarkable recovery. And I think they really need him for these big moments, biggest game of the year so far. You need your best players. And Jerome Luai, that is the good news that he has been named. So hopefully it stays that way. Uh, the Nathan Cleary thing seemed to have blown up, but I, I don't think it's as bad as we all feared. I think it's just one of those, you know, preliminary finals, grand final qualifiers. Oh, he's been rushed to hospital. The scans are fine. It was just a bit of a jar, um, a massive overreaction, hopefully, because I actually don't think there's much wrong. But I, I think mm. the Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary will be fine. The other Jerome is in. We've got Jerome's everywhere. So Jerome Hughes has been named for the Melbourne yeah, Storm, right. which is also great. Yeah, so, that, I mean, he's on a watch and wait for that calf. But, again, do you know, the, the, it was an inspired choice from Craig Bellamy to go with Tyron Wishart. Um, because I think he bamboozled them so early with that footwork. He beat Brendan Smith a couple of times, the first for the first try scorer. 
Um, he's back on the bench, which is great. But, uh, you know, depending on Jerome Hughes and, and boys, you know, calves can be a little bit fickle. Um, but I, I hope that we see Hughes back because I think he's so important because so much came down to Cameron Munster. We saw him risk it for the biscuit <laughs> right in the dying minutes last week. He put the kick up for Will Warbrick. Um, who's got the new nickname and one of the best new nicknames I've heard in the game, the brick with tries. Oh, um, very good. Yeah, I know. I like how good is that one? Very I know. good. That peeled my banana too. I like it. And I, I think he's probably making a great case for rookie of the year as well. But yeah, yeah I think for the, the Melbourne Storm, they've definitely got the, obviously they've got the know-how. They've got that, They've always got a powerhouse way to the road to the grand final. But week one, they got embarrassed badly. They paid, played as poorly as they possibly could, and they got, what, thumped 26 nil or something. Last week, they came back. They won that cliffhanger at Amy Park. Hopefully, this is a settler. Hopefully, they have all their best players out there because I think the Panthers-Storm game will be hyper-competitive. And it, I, I personally, I think it'll come down to the Panthers' defence. And most things have so far this season. Um, they are, you know, they never really panic. They kind of just get through everything and then they, you know, they absorb all that pressure. They've changed the way they've played. And, and you know, I've included been asked a couple of times, yes, you're on track for this three-peat, but the way you've gone about the last few seasons has been different. They've evolved. Um, so they've been wonderful to watch. And, yeah, I just think defensively, the Storm are going to have to come up with something pretty special to, to get through mm. this Panthers' uh, defence. So, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of footy. I can't wait. I'm declaring them, Vaughn. I'm declaring them. Oh, yeah. Yep. A bit like the men uh, from the mountains. Uh, I think they'll do well to, to get within 20 points of them. Oh, wow. I know. I'm going the early crow, but mm. I don't care. I get paid for opinions. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound like Gordon now. <laughs> I sound like GT. Hey, uh, Vaughn, can I ask you about face to face? Now, you've had yes. some cracking ones this year. What, what's been your favourite? Oh, everyone's got such beautiful stories to share and I'm always really grateful that they take their time and they're really generous with, you know, their stories or their memories or their their particular thoughts on something. Um, and, you know, different stories, but most of it all comes down to the same thing. You know, it's, it's, it's footy, it's family, um, it's faith in what you're doing, it's connection to community. Um, I, I love the Ken Arthurson one, I think. That was something I'll be very proud of for the rest of my career. Um, I had Carl Webb the other day. Yeah, that was was sad. sad. It is sad, but also I think he lit up when he was talking about the heyday and just getting out and bashing Mm. blokes. And that's what he he pride himself on, right? Like he's one of the strongest men we've ever seen in the game. The records still stand in the Broncos gym. Um, at Red Hill there, you know, the, the weights he was throwing around, the, the bench press, the squats, like he's still the strongest that they've ever seen. And and I think to see him in such a vulnerable state um, and for him to allow that um, and to allow himself to be seen like that is such a, 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 a special thing and a trust thing. Um, Daniel Anderson, obviously, that was just such a shock and um, for, for us to see him for the first time now uh, in his wheelchair and, and hopefully um, – as his journey continues to, to regain more mobility and, and we haven't lost him from the game and him just working out what life looks like now and him trying, you know, getting back to work at the Roosters and, you know, like that sort of stuff. I think it's it's so it's such an honour for these people to allow us into their homes and into their lives and, and to share things that you wouldn't normally talk about, especially on camera. Um, but I've had some really good ones uh, over the yeah over the year and, um, and I'm sure there's a few that I've missed but yeah I guess they're the sort of three that have they've jumped out I mean yeah a couple of those stand out for me Vonnie I actually played with Carl Webb in his last year at Parramatta yeah. so 
um, yeah, very emotional watching that. And just as emotional, Daniel Anderson gave me my first ever jersey. So the one part oh, about it is, um, you know, seeing, you know, interviewing yourself and, and even, you know, Heidi rocking up at one point, he's still got his sense of humor. Um, Mind you, I didn't get to see Sense of Humor until I <laughs> debuted and, and got a jersey. But, um, yeah, it was good to see that, you know. What was he both... like as a coach? Because everyone he... says that he just – he had this beautiful belief in you and he, you know, he never really overcomplicated things, but he, he was so effective as a coach. Is that how you found him? I loved I loved Ando. Um, it, it was a bit of – it was mixed, you know. Right? There, there, there are players that you get along with coaches a little bit better. He, I obviously had my debut underneath him and um, he had a lot of belief in me, so – um, therefore, you know, I love playing for, for him and, um, and I, and I loved his, his quirk. He was a bit quirky, a bit like Fletch as well. You know, mm. a bit quirky, a bit sarcastic all the time. Had to try to figure him out. Being a younger, younger player, you have to try to figure that out pretty quickly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of love and respect for Endo. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed that one, Bonnie. Now, Webby's got a, um, with the Carl Webb Foundation, they've got a charity match happening next month. And it's always a friendly, right, until someone puts the first shot on. <laughs> yeah. And I think <laughs> you boys know that. I don't know what's wrong with you all, but you just can't play nice. It has to be competitive. And someone, there's usually a, a you know, someone who's got a short fuse or yeah. a screw loose. Mark and McGaw. They just, you know, Mark McGaw, yeah, remember that? One, exactly. Remember Peter he, tried to, he, he tried to bash. <laughs> Mel, in in an like it was like a legends of, and Mel had to like Mel was just just sort of just going you know it's not yeah, yeah. Mark McGaw Mark McGaw just went at him goodness me Mel would have killed him anyway Mark McGaw Brandy Coral. reckons he was playing in one and oh, yeah I, I was playing that game boy Smith flattened him Ronnie I was playing what in that happened? game I was playing in that game and we were just joking. it was for the floods in two thousand and nine yes. and yeah Smitty hit him high. But then Gordon, there was a guy who, what was his name? He was a fruit shop owner and he won a Tony Trim. The charity. The yes. charity. Yeah, anyway, he paid. Yes. Gordon, he, he went up to Gordon and it was abusing. He's about two foot nothing. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember this. Yeah. And Gordon's like walking around going, is this bloke serious? And, <laughs> oh, it was a bizarre. Brandy got hit so hard. Mm. He, he landed on his shoulder. So he got flattened. By Smithy landed on his shoulder, did his AC joint, and bit through his tongue at the same time. Yes. Yeah, and, and Brandy's boys, <laughs> never, yeah. Brandy's boys have never seen him play, right? So they're on the sideline. They're like, "Yuck, Dad!" Vonnie, when he came best. off, he was walking out. He, yeah, I think he's holding his shoulder, and his hair was all yes. over the place. Because you know, when you see Brandy, he's always immaculate. Even when he was playing as a kid, you know, yeah, yeah. beautiful hair. Now you see him on TV, always beautifully manicured. The when he came off, goodness, I couldn't help it. I just laughing at because you're right. He's talking like that too. He's, he's talking like that. He goes, my Nathan Smith just flogged me. And then, and then he said to the doctor, "Can you please stitch my tongue back?" And the doctor went, "Oh no, I can't do that. You've got to go to the hospital." So he had to drive himself to hospital with one arm. <laughs> With the kids in the back sledging and going, you're Brandy. rubbish. Poor old Brandy. <laughs> hey, Vaughn, let's just t- change tack because I know you're um, you're busy. Well, you're on the board of uh, New South Wales Harness um, Racing. H- how's that all going? How that all come about? It's really good. I was such I was so honoured to be asked. I don't have any um, experience in anything like that, and I thought, oh, are you sure? And they said, yeah, we want to sort of freshen it up a little bit and mm. um, and get away. I mean, we all joke about you know the the red hots and all. And I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a joke amongst punters, but they really want to get away from that. I think they want to return to what is a beautiful family sport. Um, and so many harness racing people that I meet, you know, it's, they've always had, you know, trotters and, 
and paces and things like that. And, you know, mum and dad and the kids, and they're all involved in, in the whole production of it. So I love the harness racing. I've always enjoyed getting out. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been a great experience and, um, yeah, hopefully we've got some exciting things. So the, the carnival of cups is going to be a bit of a series around nice. the country area. So I'm really looking forward to getting out. I think Canannibal's our first one coming up. Um, so we're very excited about that and yeah, it'll, it'll just be a fun thing to do over the summer. And, um, and I think they're getting more people involved. So it was an inspired choice to get, um, Josh out of car cause it lets trot baby. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. whole thing that. took off. Um, Benji Marshall was involved in the Eureka. Um, they just, they've got some really good bands like the Super Jesus and, um, uh, there was another one, uh, Arctic Monkeys or something. Oh yeah. Remember, the Pommies. Do you look yeah, good on the dance floor? Really good... You look good on the dance <laughs> floor. Really good... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That was my era. That's, yeah. When I was over yeah. in England. Well, that's I was going to say, cause that's not that far back. For... <laughs> I think it's all for young families to yes. just go. It doesn't have the big scene and the big, um, uh, you know, like the the attention that Randwick or Rose Hill probably attracts. This is more of a family friendly. You want to go out, mum, kids, and dad yeah. all just go enjoy, watch the horses, have a bit of a punt, and um, and just enjoy a bit of racing. Did you see? Um... What do you reckon? Did you see Winx has uh, got a little filly? Oh, her little thing? I, her little one? S- yes. She's a beauty. How exciting. But, Vaughn, do you think I, people would – because they're saying it's going to break the Australian record. So $5 million is is a Redoubt's choice filly that's got the record. Do you think people would just – it will bump the price up because it's Winx, you know, first filly? They just – that might come into consideration. Say, oh, whether or not it's any good, they just want to buy it because it's – The nostalgic of yeah. it, you know. It's a it's a prestigious. I mean, the the page is probably unbeaten, right? Like, I, and I think you're right. To for you to even have a, a chance at owning a piece of Australian racing bloodlines like this, mm. I, I I just can't wait. So the Inglis is so proud to be able to take this yearling through and and be able to offer it to the world. And can you imagine the bidders? Can you imagine oh, the auction room? Yeah. How tense it's going to be. If anyone has not been to a yearling auction or any sort of the auctions, really. Um, please make sure you get along because this will be spine tingling. I think it'll be one of those moments people will say, where were you when that Winx filly went under the hammer? Because, um, yeah, to see that horse parade around in the ring and the kind of money and the egos and the characters and everything that's going to go into it. And, um, yeah, it's going to be one of those so, moments. Von, question without notice. If it went for $5 million, do, do the Winx owners get half and the Piero owners get the other half? How does that all work? Is it split down the I middle? I don't know how this. Yeah, no. I don't know how they've divided it up. I don't know where the money yeah. goes. Yeah, no, good question. But more importantly, can you talk to your mates over at the Roosters and see if we can get a syndicate going and maybe we can put in a oh, bit? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Is that a sh- help us? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course he will. He's, yeah. We'll have to do something with his insurance company. I, don't even, I can't believe he works. That's what I don't get. Why are you working, Mr. Waterhouse? Exactly. He's the best. Your we surname, love him. He's changed his um, changed his name by Depole too. Oh, did you see that? Isn't he the before you go, man. did you did you see that um, lady who named her baby methamphetamine oh rules? Meth- methamphetamine. <laughs> methamphetamine <laughs> so, rules. She's off her head. So is it because she wants to see if it's allowed? Yeah, that's why she did. Because she's a journo. She's a journo on the ABC. Anyway, I know your your uh, your when your next baby. Who knows what your next baby's <laughs> going to be called after that. Brian Fletcher. There you go. What's your middle name, Fletch? Nathan. 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 Brian Nathan Fletcher. There you go. Yeah, I was supposed to be Nathan. Mum got over it because I'm named after the last king of Ireland. There you go. Oh. Anyway. See, yeah. I'm adopted and my birth name was Delicia Hall. Oh, 
DH. Yeah. I like I this. Know. Delicia. Delicia Hall. Yeah, that's the. It's awesome. Maybe she. Maybe she's the one that comes out after I've had a few Chardonnays on board. Oh yes. <laughs> maybe well, it's Delicia. I like D. I like this. Delicia, <laughs> that's a cool name. I do like that. Delicia, thanks for joining <laughs> oh, us yes. on the run home <laughs> with Fletch and Scope. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Looking forward to watching you on Fox League all throughout the weekend.